praise the lord uh once again you're welcome to carrie's chapel the home of grace and um, this sunday we want to continue with um, our series on hope the blueprint of faith uh which we started off with um, last week um just for the benefit of those anyone who was not here last week uh we started discussing on hope and um, we're able to see that hope is a picture of your future hope is a picture that you have in your spirit as to how your future is going to turn out hallelujah and we're also able to see that if you don't have hope you really cannot have faith because hope is the target of your faith so you cannot exercise faith in the absence of hope because hope defines the target of your faith having faith without hope is like having a gun without a target so you will not know whether your gun has been effective or not because you don't have a target you understand just like um if you want to play i think that you know there is a target there's a pinpoint target but you see if i give you a couple of darts and say okay let's play the game of darts and i don't define the target for you how are we going to know whether you arrived at the destination or not hallelujah so that's the relationship between hope and faith so your hope and faith they go along together hallelujah and we're able to see from the scriptures that really god has a lot of respect for your hope hallelujah and um, let me tell you why he has a lot of respect for your hope because we're able to see in genesis uh, that should be chapter 11 or so that god said that nothing that these guys have imagined shall be restrained from them so you see god has a lot of respect to what you are imagining to the point that he says that he cannot stop what you are imagining from coming to pass did you understand that a whole almighty god says that nothing shall be restrained whatever they have imagined so whatever you imagine about your life god himself does not even have the authority or the right to stop it from happening so you see a lot of responsibility is thrown on you as a human being hallelujah you are limited to what you think what you think is what defines your life what you think is what defines your future you cannot rise above what you think and you cannot fall below what you think hallelujah you cannot rise above what you think and you cannot fall below what you think what you think is very important and what you think again when you think rather you don't think in words but you think in pictures so when i say to you a dog you don't think dog but you think an image you see an image of a dog but that image is not too clear so when i say a big dog so definitely it's not going to turn out to be a puppy so you now have a a slightly clearer image of a big dog but when i say a big black dog then you have a more refined image of what to expect inside the camera of your mind you can see a dog it is big and it is black and hopefully it doesn't look horrible hallelujah so that's what we discussed and that's what we shared last week and we also rounded up with this excellent story from acts chapter i think that should be acts chapter 27 i mean this was awesome man these guys sailed out believing that the weather was okay and just 
as they got thus far the weather changed things began to change things began to happen and they were in trouble hallelujah and when i i you know these kind of troubles they start like child play you know the thing just started small and the thing was like child's play so with your natural mind with your natural hope it still looks surmountable so you won't really take it serious and you see that's the way most of us christians are you know you know when something happens it just happens small you don't pray because you are so smart and you are so sharp you know so you use your intellect you use your intellectual know-how to begin to address it until the thing gets out of hand i now know that oh boy if i would if i am to survive this one god has to come on the scene fast hallelujah but we know that god will never abandon us because he who delivered us on six occasions shall not abandon us on the seventh because we know that as long as we are connected to him the manna shall continue to fall until we cross the jordan hallelujah and you see the the thing started like child's play the rain first of all the wind began to blow you know ah, ah, okay, just just a small matter then the rain began to fall oh after two hours the thing will go then three hours then five hours then this thing went on for days then they did not see the sun for days no can you imagine a weather even even when snow was falling in december we still saw some sun didn't we can you imagine you being somewhere and you don't see the sun nor stars for several days hallelujah that's big time man And Paul, and and you know, before human beings can decide that they want to start throwing their luggage into the water, you only throw your luggage into the water to save your life. Do you understand? Because if your life is not threatened, you will not throw your luggage into the water. Hallelujah. I mean, you're flying back from the US, you've gone to do some serious shopping. The pound is now one to two a dollar so how can you just throw all that one into the water hallelujah so it was getting worse the enemy was tightening the screws you see the thing is like a screw you just keep a ton screw just keep tightening it keep that's the thing was getting tightened every day and there was no sign that this thing was going to get any better at all then paul went to pray and then he turned up and said look you guys we are not going to lose any life on this voyage but we are definitely going to lose the ship and he says the god whom i serve and whose i am has promised me that no life will be lost but before he came up with that declaration from god the bible says that all hope had been taken away so there was an element of time you see there's an element of time that is tied with the evaporation of hope inside the man's heart the bible says that hope deferred maketh the heart sick hallelujah the woman with the issue of blood bible says she has had this problem for 12 years and that she has spent her fortune on the doctors but rather than get any better the thing grew worse hallelujah now fortune means that she's been spending the thing gradually 
they said okay there's one there's one procedure that she can do that will stop the thing then she went for it she paid so much money for it then it didn't work then two years later they said okay another procedure might be around that can help then she went again then it didn't work then that kept going on and on and on and on until she met with the master hallelujah and you see over that period of time your hope will begin to wane if it is not tied to the word of god even when your hope is tied to the word of god you're going to be attacked hallelujah you're going to be attacked you're going to be pressurized hallelujah you're going to come under immense pressure to give up on your faith and that is what we're discussing today hope he says after all hope had been taken away that we will ever be saved that's the passage of time contributes to the evaporation of hope especially when things don't look better on the outside abraham was aging and aging when hope you see hope was evaporating gradually at some age abraham could still you know kick but um sarah was gone so sarah now thought look one half of the equation is gone the remaining half is left so before the remaining half also vamos let us quickly organize something do you understand because once the man that is left now stops kicking then end of story so they had to organize something hallelujah they had to organize an alternative because hope was getting deferred and the heart was becoming sick and you see once that happens it will affect you psychologically it will affect your self-esteem hallelujah it will attack your self-esteem you will feel an inner sense of less worth than you are supposed to feel as a person hallelujah and this can be in any area of life any area of life hallelujah any area of life it can be in any area of life father we thank you and that's what we're here to discuss we're going to look at one or two people in the scriptures just today who were hopeless hallelujah and we're going to try to see some things around them that contributed to them being delivered hallelujah and we're going to draw lessons uh from the situations of those people hallelujah but let something be known unto you today men may say to you that there is no hope men may say to you that it's all over but one thing you should know is that there is no situation that is too far gone for god to step into hallelujah and it could even be that some of the delay god himself is supervising it do you know that Lazarus <laughs> was dead and buried and he was gone four days before Jesus turned up? There are two things I quickly want to drop for you there. Number one, do you know that Jesus and Lazarus were bodies? just like me now hearing that 
his body of mine is sick in the other part of town and they sent me a text message and i didn't go do you understand the guy was doing like this uh going 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 has pastor come no we haven't seen any sign of him that's jesus did not go there jesus did not send anyone there that i'm coming in four days time nobody found jesus this was a place where he had gone to preach and one of the sisters was spending the whole day cooking food jesus did not turn up that's number one number two do you also know that in those days we had some people called the pharisees and we also had some people called the sadducees i try to i tend to call those sadducees sad people they are very sad people now the doctrine of the sadducees is slightly different from the doctrines of the pharisees the doctrine of the sadducees is that your spirit does not leave your body until you are dead for three days that was why jesus had to wait four days three plus one that we are sure that this guy has gone so that when he comes alive there will be no theological debate on the road that the guy did not really die do you understand that it could be that god is setting you up for an undisputable victory an undisputable miracle and you are here moaning that god i think you are late now because the moment the guy caputed everybody should have just said you are late even when jesus came you know short of just kicking him out they all say well master um, he's dead four days you know if you are here so, so you see they rubbed it in if you were here he wouldn't have died you didn't come hallelujah they tried to make it sound nice but i think they also expressed their disgust if you were here we knew you would have been able to do something hallelujah but god was setting him up for an undisputable victory you know when you have a boxing fight and they all last the 12 rounds you know it is disputable they say ah this guy threw more punches than this other one no 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 they cheated it, it because it is disputable so they say that victory was disputable that maybe that judge was from the same hometown with this other fighter so he gave him more marks but undisputable is when in round seven they land one solid blow and the guy doesn't get up after the count of ten even after the count of ten they still have to go in and revive the bloke <laughs> hallelujah then aha uh -huh, you say that victory was undisputable that there is no confusion at all in our mind as to who was the boss who was the daddy you understand there is no conflict at all inside your mind 
as to who was the daddy you watch the mayweather fight all the pictures are just showing the guy like this slipping off on the top so this so the supporters started singing mayweather we talk the talk we walk the walk you know you you only sing that one when the man is sleeping that's the man was fast asleep man at the count of 10 so that was undisputable hallelujah god is setting you up for an undisputable victory hallelujah and he will wait for the argument of the sadducees to falter in many cases before it turns up hallelujah we'll go through some of these again praise the lord let's turn our bibles to acts chapter 3 we're going to see somebody who was hopeless he was hopeless and um we're going to see what god did and we're just also going to pay particular attention to the environment around the man hallelujah Hallelujah. Acts chapter 3. Praise the Lord. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask arms of them that entered into the temple who seen peter and john about to go into the temple asked an arms and peter fastening his eyes upon him with john said look on us and he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something of them then peter said silver and gold have i none but such as i have give i thee in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising god and all the people saw him walking and praising god and they knew that it was he which sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him hallelujah very loaded father in the name of jesus i just ask in prayer lord that you speak directly to the heart of somebody today through my vocal cords and that there will be 
a miraculous transformation on the inside of every one of us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. He says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate, which is called beautiful, to ask arms of them that entered into the temple. So, what the daily routine was that this man was carried from wherever he was living, possibly by some relatives or friends, and laid at the gate. And what he will do is that he will sit there by the gate all day asking arms of people who were passing by. Hallelujah. The only thing we know about this man is that he was lame from his mother's womb. Hallelujah. I can understand when they say that somebody was born lame. But for the Bible to qualify it that from inside his mother's womb, he was lame. Hallelujah. So you see, the man's history had already shaped his destiny for 40 years. Hallelujah. He was the same for 40 years. He didn't change. Hallelujah. He did not change. He was the same for 40 years. He had never seen life differently from what he had seen for 40 years. Hallelujah. Now, it's a different thing if someone had been working for 30 years, then he could no longer walk. I mean, definitely, by 30 years, the guy probably had a business, or had some education, or had some vocation, or even had some money. You understand? The person before even had some esteem, and some expectation about life, Hallelujah. We know the story of one singer in Nigeria who, I mean, an unfortunate thing happened, accident happened to him. He wasn't singing then. He was doing some other kind of work. And then he began to sing. And man, if he comes to your church, your church is going to rock. Hallelujah. But you see, his situation was different because before then, he had an expectation of life. He saw something, at least he had some expectation of what was to come in the future. But when he now said that a man was lame from his mother's womb, and at 40 he was still being carried daily to the gate, then we are not talking about a change coming so soon. Hallelujah. If at all it will ever come. This man his destiny has been cemented as that. Hallelujah. That's the number one thing we should notice. Many times you see people, they act in one way, they act in a strange way, but we never stop to ask, where are they coming from? 
that they are acting this way. Hallelujah. Once they don't fit our picture of who an ideal person should be, we react. But we don't have a clue as to where they are heading from, where they came from, where their story started from. Hallelujah. Some will even see them and say, go and walk. Why are you begging? You don't know where he came from. You don't know where his journey started from. His lame journey started from the womb. Hallelujah. Can you explain to anybody the things that happened around the time when you got into the womb of your mother? You are not aware of what happened. So definitely what made the man lame had nothing to do with him. Do you understand? He was not the reason why he was lame in fact he doesn't even know the reason why he was lame because the reason why he was lame existed before he was born so a number of things are happening in our lives some of them we might not be able to tell how far they came from they might be happening, but you might not know why they are happening. Because they came from far, way beyond. Before you could even get conscious about anything. Before you could even start making your own decisions about life. Hallelujah. So before he could make his own decision about life, Satan had struck a fatal blow. Hallelujah. Many people, Satan will strike fatal blows at them before they even had the opportunity to make their own intelligent decisions. Hallelujah. And that was what happened to this man. He was being carried and laid daily at the gate. The first time I heard about this story, I wasn't born again. I was in secondary school and the first thing that struck me then that's the first question I asked was that why did they take this man I'm sure there will be more than one gate in that place why did they always take him to the gate that was called beautiful when indeed his life was ugly do you understand On a daily basis, he had an ugly situation. But he was being taken to the beautiful gate. Hallelujah. And such is the story. You know that. Have you ever felt like your life is ugly in the midst of a place where beautiful things were happening? And you were asking yourself that, why is my own happening like this? Since he was being taken to the gate called beautiful. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where something good is happening to you and yet simultaneously you are nursing something that is ugly. Something else that is ugly. 
something beautiful is happening around you but yet there's one ugly thing that sticks out like a sore thumb that worries you i remember back then when my wife was pregnant you see as the stomach was increasing in size my mother's sight was reducing in efficiency so by one or two months before the baby was born her eyesight was completely gone do you understand so something to rejoice about another thing to be morose about i remember i was talking to my dad so i said where is she can i talk to her this was on a sunday morning before i left the house for church and i said ah she's gone to church i said which church i said how can she go to church when you said that she can't see he said the driver has taken her there and the driver will wait then my dad said something that just knocked me he said that the driver will take her by the hand from the car into the church and this was a church that before i left the country i i have an idea of where that church is and i was just very sad i just said god she could not have served you in vain but meanwhile something else was happening that we were happy about and some other thing was happening that Is that when the thing comes up, I just wish I could just forget it. Hallelujah. And that's what was happening. The man's situation was ugly, but he was being placed on a daily basis at the beautiful gate. So his situation was the exact opposite of the title of the place where they put him. Oh, all the people who have testimonies come out. Everybody came out. And you did not come out. And you are asking that, how can they all have testimonies? And that thing is still biting me inside. That was the situation here. There was ugliness in the midst of beauty. And as that was going on, hope. In fact, we were not even sure of any medical procedure that was being offered to this man as to how he would be able to walk again. So it's like a done deal, really. He's just going to be that way for the rest of his days. So the hope that he will ever walk did not even exist. It didn't even exist. You know, somebody can have some hope, then those ones said it was taken away after many days as it was withdrawn this one didn't even exist if the man said i believe one day i will walk they will answer him in your dreams hallelujah ugly situation in the midst of beauty hallelujah ugly situation in the midst of beauty and the bible says 
that he was asking arms of those who entered into the temple. You know what that means? It means that he sat down there and people were passing by every day. Now, there is no guarantee that everyone who passed by gave him some arms. Do you understand? Now, arms would not mean, would not guarantee your minimum wage. So, arms would mean that I bought Kit Kat, they gave me 4P change, then I gave the guy. 4P would not pay his bills. You understand? So, everybody was passing by. They were just walking and passing by. Those who remembered just give him something and they just move on. Let me tell you something. Until your situation changes, many occasions, people will pass you by. Hallelujah. People will pass you by. And that's just life. That is just life. Look, as long as you can get up by yourself, brush your teeth, go to bathroom by yourself, wear your own shirt and trousers, you understand? Go to your own job and walk your own job and we don't get any phone calls from you that I'm in trouble. Everybody will be cool with you. Will be friends with you. But look, boy, if some of those things you can't do, you'll be shocked. Somebody was telling my wife some weeks, I just remembered now. She had a situation and she said that it was like almost all her friends, all the people that were her friends. When I say her friends, means that I will visit you, you visit me. And we had a good rapport. Said almost all the people that were her friends had vanished over the years. That she would try to contact them and somehow they didn't just reply. Because they were aware of her situation. And the feeling was that, hey, if this person's situation has not changed, we are going to surely going to get into some liabilities around here. So, once they see your number coming, voicemail. Hallelujah. That's what it means to pass by. And those who are not passing by, who are nice enough, can drop you the 4P change from the kit cart. Hallelujah. And that is how life is. But when Peter and John came on the scene, and in his usual manner, he asked arms of them. Hallelujah. Let's see what happened. Up till this time, I hope you know that we're not even discussing anything about this man walking. We're only interested in his survival. How he's going to eat and drink on a daily basis. 
and not starve to death. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an arms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. Now, you see, normally when a guy is asking arms, if you don't have anything to give him, you don't even answer. You don't pay attention. You just keep on moving. Now, strangely, these guys, they stopped. Secondly, they started a conversation. Because really, if you stop beside a man asking arms, definitely the man is 98% sure you're going to drop something. So there will be a feeling of what? Expectation that something is going to come. Not only did they stop, they now wanted to start a conversation. And they said, look on us. It's to only look as long as the money is still coming. So he too, he looked. Mm. And then Peter said, silver and gold have high none. Bad news. Now, how does that sound? The guy is asking arms. He didn't force you. Then you stopped. Then he said, look on us. And we even thought maybe you were going to do more than the ordinary. Only for you to say that silver and gold, I have none. Hallelujah. I mean, at, at that point, I expected the guy to just turn his head back. To where he had been turning his head. But guess what? He says, but such as I have, give high thee. Such as I have, give high thee. Now, the question we should ask again is that who is talking? Such as I have, give high thee. Was this not the guy who denied Jesus three times a few weeks ago? Such as I have, give I thee. Was this not the guy that Jesus was casting a demon out of him because of his wrong answers? Such as I have, give I thee. Was this not the guy that went to hide under the cave when they arrested Jesus? Such as I have, give I thee. So how did he arrive at what is claiming to now have when we know that if we score him on his on his um, on his discipleship with Jesus Christ he is not worth 20% not even on the last day when he vamoosed hallelujah do you know why he was bold enough to say that i hope you know that the people who saw him deny Jesus they have not all died so they could have been walking on behind you and say, this one, what do you have? Hallelujah. Such as I have, give I thee. You know what? They used to be there before. Their lives used to be lame before. Was he not the same Peter that could not catch fish all night? Such as I have, give I thee. 
So he had been through this stage of life before. So he knew that he had something from God. Hallelujah. Look. People will come your way who have something because they have been through hell and they came out. Hallelujah. So he said, such as I have given thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And you see, the Bible says that they took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood, walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. You know what? Walking was walking. Then he will leap. Then he will leap. Then he will praise God. By the time you go to the next verse, they had removed the word leaping. He was only now walking and praising God. Did you see that? This was a man five minutes ago. Five minutes ago, you could never have brought that dream to him that he was ever going to walk. Giving him money to eat was enough a miracle for him for that day. But the hope that he will walk with his feet again came on when he ran into people who had been through lameness in their own lives as well. Hallelujah. Who had been through lameness. I hope you know that there were some days he could have, the guy could have been sick and he could have just said to the people carrying him that, look, I don't think I want to go there today. Let me just rest at home today. Hallelujah. But you see, God was setting something up. It wasn't every day that Peter and John were going to walk past him. Do you understand? So every day that you come to church, you could have just said, mm, let me just do something else. Mm, let me just, but you came. Hallelujah. It says walking, leaping, and praising God. I hope you know that the people who have it all together are the ones who sit down in church and don't praise God. When something happened to that man, he jumped. Everybody saw him. Was that not the man? The Bible says they, they were wondering and they were amazed because something had happened to the man. And if you read, on, read that story to the end, it said the guy was in that situation for 40 years. That's no hope. But when hope came, faith came along with the hope. Hope was a rise up and walk. The guy who first of all look at them. Me? What, what exactly are you guys talking about? Then Peter and John now showed that they were serious. And they stretched their hands to him. Bring your hand. Bring your hand. And they pulled him up. And they pulled him up. And the Bible says immediately his ankle bones received strength. Hallelujah. So when you come in contact with the presence of God, your ankle bones receive strength. 
And when your ankle bones receive strength, then hope begins to well up in you for something that had been far-fetched five minutes ago. So, all of a sudden, a man who left his house in the morning, who was hoping to be carried back by the end of the day, walked back to his house. Hallelujah. That was a classic example of a hopeless man. But where was the connection made? He kept on turning up at the gate. Until there was a divine connection. Until somebody came along that struck a chord with him. Peter and John would have remembered that Jesus dealt with cases like this before. When they were walking around with him. And they would have thought, no way. We can't keep on watching this guy. We have to do something. Their spirits must have been angry. And then they walked up to him. Hallelujah. In chapter 4, it says, the Bible calls it a notable miracle that cannot be denied. So the Sadducees had to tell them. They had to harass them. To anybody in that name again, but they told themselves that man, there's nothing we can do, the whole town is agog with it. Hallelujah! There is nothing we can do, the whole town is agog with it. There is an advertisement of this name that we are trying to suppress through that miracle. So it means that whatever is ugly in your life today is an advertisement point for Jesus when he touches it. It's something that Jesus is going to use to advertise your life. Hallelujah. And you see, you need to expose yourself to influences, anointings, messages that will begin to get to the heart and the core of such an issue. There are some people you may not even have what to say. Like when I meet people one on one, I can tell straight away after a few moments of discussion whether I am sent to this kind of person or not. One day I was talking to I was talking to one lady, she's a uh she's Afro Caribbean, she used to be my workmate in uh one of my former workplaces, and then then I was telling her about the testimony of how our daughter came that man was really quite a good fight of faith. But then she said something. She said something that I quickly knew that boy, hold the brakes. She has a son. I knew she has a son. Then she said that you know one thing I've never been able to understand is that why people go to such great lengths to want to have a child? That I even hear that they even go for things called IVF. So inside we are like, oh, it's because you have a son. <laughs> Let's say you didn't have one. After six years of marriage, and your husband is coming in at 10 p.m. at night 
and he's not telling you where it's coming from, you will, <laughs> you, you will know why they are all running around on the streets. <laughs> Hallelujah. You will, then you will appreciate it. Then you will be able to make that connection. You know when you go to the labor room, they connect all the machines to the woman who is about to deliver. But you know the husband is not connected with those machines. So the husband will be looking at the machine. So when the machine reads, the thing has gone up. Then you tell your wife that ah, the thing has gone up. One woman, when the man told his wife two times that yeah, the thing has gone up, she said, I know, I know, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> because she is the one feeling the thing she needs no machine to tell her <laughs> do you understand so when you feel the thing you won't need no machine to tell you hallelujah when you are in the midst of hell you won't need anybody to tell you how hell looks like because it is happening to you for real. <laughs> so I just, you know, I just smiled and, you know, <laughs> the Bible says, don't cast your pearls before the swine, you know, so just quickly, I just quickly changed topic and we just started discussing politics. <laughs> you know, so, why? Because we didn't have a common connection. Do you understand? When we're giving a testimony on, uh, on the TV recording, the man said to me, before the recording started, he said, I have heard of people who had this situation. He says, but I have not yet met one person live and direct and carry the baby like this. That you mean one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years before you saw the baby? And you didn't go crazy. I said, I almost did. And you <laughs> he said, and you are still talking? I said, yes, I'm still talking. He said, I've not seen it before. He said, I wish my wife was not here because we have agreed we don't want to have babies. But now you are making her think that we should have one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why? Because there was a connection between Peter and John and this man. Somebody else could have walked past. Hallelujah. But because their lives had been lame before, they were able to give hope to that person. And you know what the Bible says in Romans 5? It says, hope maketh not ashamed. So it means that when the God kind of hope comes into you, your shame will be wiped off. Hallelujah. Your shame will be wiped off. You know, on that trip to Beaumont, it was a very interesting trip. You know why? A group of people that, that swore and they did all they could that's to make me go to hell five years ago. I saw them at the place. And so, the Bible says, hope maketh not ashamed. My first sighting of that person, I was carrying my baby. So, it was like, ah! My hope did not make me dodge when I saw them. 
my hope made me walk confidently towards them and greet them. How are you? How's everything? Hallelujah. He says, hope maketh not ashamed. The, the God kind of hope, when it works itself out in you, at the end of the day, you will discover that you will not be ashamed. Shame will be wiped off your face. Do you know what it is? For a man that they be carrying him to the gate beautiful. There is even no shame again. That's the dignity zero. What if the people carry him fall sick one day? And there is no telephone and no mobile phone. He will just wait and wait and wait. They didn't come. And he will be hungry inside the house. Hallelujah. Hope. Say with me hope. Maketh not ashamed. The God kind of hope. When it works itself out. In my life. And produces. A manifestation. I will not be ashamed. Tears and shame. Will be wiped off my face. In the name of Jesus. My ugly situation shall be turned into beautiful in the name of Jesus Christ. That situation that has been ugly all these years, the touch of Jesus Christ will bring beauty into it. Beauty for ashes in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Just want you to reflect now. As we are here now, you there, there's really there's hardly anyone who has it all going together and doesn't have one thing somewhere. One thing hanging somewhere. That sticks out like a sore thumb. That sticks out like an ugly situation. That sticks out like the lame man. Who is being taken to the gate beautiful every day. Hallelujah. And you know the funny thing. Is that the one that looks good. People may even see it. And may not even notice the one that looks ugly. But you are the only one crying about it. And thinking about it. Hallelujah. It is so depressing to a point that. Even in prayer. You could even ask God. To exchange them for one another. There was a time. I almost asked God that. Okay. Can we just switch career progression. With childbearing you know. As in. At least. Some people who have children. They don't have. You know that. You know that much to talk about in that area. But at least. Somebody is walking around in the house. And you almost weigh them. On both hands. And it's like. Maybe this one is better. Maybe I should have taken this one more than this one. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. The one that is ugly. Shall be turned into beautiful. 
the one that is beautiful shall remain beautiful in the name of Jesus. The good news was that the day the baby was born, my mom started to see again. So our God will do a perfect job. He will do a complete job. During the diagnosis, they said, oh, she had fibroid. The day the old trouble started, they were confused. Ah, that's the fibroid. Let's clip it. And that was not, they were only, that's, they were only just struggling to save her life. That wasn't what they were up about. Hallelujah. God has a way of organizing things. The man who diagnosed that three weeks before and said, look, I am concerned about the clotting level of your blood. And said that they should do a test. So by the time the baby was born and blood started going everywhere, nobody understood what was happening. So they now called the theater and said, whoever is a surgeon that is there should come quick. We have a situation here that has to be dealt with. Guess who turned up? It was that same man. Hallelujah. It was that same man. When he saw her face, he said, Ah, you. I told you. The man went straight to the point. He didn't beat around the bush. God will organize people. God will send people who will lift you up. Who will pull you by the hands and your ankle bones will receive strength and you will walk and you will praise God. The Bible says the guy kept on praising God. Nobody could stop him. So you will be praising God to a point that they cannot stop you. That you will become boring to everybody around you. And people will have to explain to other people that you don't know what he went through. Hallelujah. You don't know there were days because when there was bank holiday at the temple, it means that there was no food for the guy. You get paid on bank holiday, he didn't get paid. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you because the Spirit of God. He says, such as I have, the Spirit of God, the presence of Jesus, we have it. Hallelujah. Lord, we depend on it right now. And Lord, our ankle bones receive strength right now in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask, O oh God, let there be a divine connection that will bring us together with relationships that will make our ankle bones receive strength in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, undisputable miracles shall be wrought in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Miracles that cannot be disputed. Miracles that cannot be explained away in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.